Welcome to the Way Church Podcast. The Way Church exists to love God, love others, and make disciples. You can find out more about the Way Church at thewaychurchrva.com. Now we hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Hi, good morning. I'm Katrina Waltz. Uh, my husband Daniel and I are members here where we serve with the Way Kids. Um, we could always use a lot of extra help with the Way Kids. So. Amen. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Where are you? Volunteer. Who's right signing now? up right now? <laughs> um, let any of us know in the blue shirts if you'd like to help. So our reading today is Psalms 23, 1 through 6. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Father, we thank you for bringing us here. Lord, we just ask that you move in a mighty way as we just hear from your word this morning. May you be glorified, magnified, Father, and just move and just refresh our souls with your presence as we focus on you. We thank you, Father. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, church, you may have a seat. Thank you, Katrina. Again, we're going to be in Psalm chapter 23 this morning. So if you have your Bibles, you can go and turn there. Continuing our Summer in the Psalms series. And so, if you're taking notes, today you can tell this sermon, The Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd. Exactly. There's a lot going on in Psalm 23, but that's what we're going to look at. Psalm 23 is one of the most well-known psalms and really one of the most most well-known sections, probably the entire Bible. At some point, you probably heard Psalm 23 quoted, read at some level. And I just remember probably the first time, I think, I was trying to remember this, I heard Psalm 23. It was probably the mid-90s. Um, the former, very famous preacher, Coolio, said, as I walked through the valley of shadow of death, I took a look at my life and realized there's nothing left, right? And that was my understanding of Psalm 23. Uh, was it raised in the church? Maybe you have a story like that. But that was mine. But here, we see that's not what the psalmist is actually saying. The one who's actually following the Lord isn't like that at all. That's not the experience. It's not that I have nothing left. It's not that I look at my life. It's like in God, we have everything that we need and really should desire. And that's what the psalmist is getting at. The Lord is all that I need. And when that is all that you need, everything else seems as though it's lost. And that's what we're going to look at in Psalm 23. And we start off in verse 1. It just says simply, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. And we could probably send a whole sermon series just in this one verse, but we won't. But it start off with the Lord. That's that word name Yahweh. That's what we see in Exodus chapter 3, when God comes to Moses, and he says, Moses, you are going to lead my people out of the Egyptian captivity. And after a slew of excuses Moses gives, he goes, all right, God, well, if they ask me who sent me, what should I say? He simply says, tell them, I am who I am. He says, I am sent you. And what's interesting, when you have this phrase in your mind, that God is, I am, then it changes how you read the rest of the Bible. 
with his name being I am. Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, the Lord God says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the one who is and was and is to come, the Almighty. This is the same God that the psalmist is referring to. And God in Isaiah 41 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will sustain you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. And so knowing this, this is the psalmist, who this psalm is attributed to King David, is saying, this is the Lord. And not only the Lord, but this is the Lord, my shepherd. And notice he says, is. These words can be easily overlooked. The Lord is my shepherd. It means right now. He was, he is, and will always be. He is unchanging and is, no matter what you're going through, is my shepherd. Next word, my. Like this is insane. Like if you really grasp what David is saying here, and it's true for every follower of Christ, is and my. He's not just some distant shepherd, not just some far off distant deity in the sky. He's my shepherd. Present, close, personal. In other words, the psalmist is saying like a sheep that has been purchased by a shepherd, I belong to the Lord. David here is humbly acknowledging while trying to accurately articulate what this relationship with the God of the universe looks like experientially. So just like a sheep under the shepherd's ownership, possession, belong to the Lord as God. I love this because this imagery of sheep and shepherd is throughout the whole Bible. I think it's right on. I think you'll agree as we go through this time together. But in Jesus, as we see God visibly visibly, uh, living uh, Jesus' embodiment, Jesus says this. Again, I am. I am the good shepherd. He says, the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And I was, sheep. And as I was thinking about this, and he goes on to, we'll get to it in a minute here in John chapter 10. But I was thinking the difference of, I've never had the opportunity to be a, a shepherd, right? Even a good shepherd. But I have the opportunity to be a, a, an okay father, right? So I've had that. And so I was thinking of this imagery as a dad I would do anything for my kids. I would lay down my life at any point for my kids. If we're at home and someone breaks in with a gun, I will jump in and take a bullet for my kids. But then if I hired a responsible teenager, I wouldn't expect they would do the same thing, to jump in and take a bullet for my kids. Why? Because they don't care and love and cherish my kids like I do because they're my kids. And this is the point that Jesus makes in this in this parable here, this, this teaching that he gives in John chapter 10, he says, I'm the good shepherd, the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Then he says, the hired hand, since he is not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, leaves them and runs away when he sees the wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he's a hired hand and doesn't care about the sheep. 
And he says this, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. So he's articulating this relationship that we have with God. And what's interesting here, well before Jesus spoke these words, the Lord spoke these words to David's heart. This is exactly what David's trying to explain through his own experiences being a shepherd, this relationship that he has with the Lord God as a shepherd, a good shepherd. So we see off the bat that the good shepherd purchased his sheep. They belong to him. Next, we see the good shepherd provides for his own. You see that in verse 1, I have what I need. This is important because God doesn't always give you all that you want, but he'll give you what you need. And this is the rub I think we feel sometimes because I think we, we get our wants and our needs mixed up. He'll give you, what you, give you what you need. And the Apostle Paul will point to this as being the secret of contentment. You guys know the verse, um, our Philippians chapter 4, verses 12 and 13 says, I know how to make do with a little, I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I've learned the secret of contentment. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need, and he says this, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Your translation may say, through Christ who strengthens me. What's the secret of contentment? Christ. Gives you what you need. And again, well before the Apostle Paul wrote these words, the Lord wrote these words on David's heart. And he's explaining this. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. And it begins and ends with God. I wonder how many of us can, be, can say the same type of phrase. Can you be content when you have nothing and no one except knowing God and God knowing you. Can you be content with that? With a very consumeristic culture that we live in, can we be content if we had nothing to no one and only knowing God and being known by God? Would that be enough for us? And I just challenge us really to pull back and really examine our hearts. Because if not, not that you would like not having nothing and no one, but could you be content with having God as the only person and possession in your life. And if no, I think you're missing who God is. Again, not that it's easy, but I think you're missing who God is. I think we're missing who God is. What we see here is that the good shepherd provides exactly what his sheep needs. And that's really the point of verse 2. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And there's just as many as ideas as people who wrote the ideas about what that means. I think I agree with the most if really it's the nourishment and rest that the God provides in him. But the point is, he's a good shepherd and provides exactly what we need. I wonder if we can just be okay with what that looks like. So we see the good shepherd purchased, the good shepherd provides, and we also see the good shepherd protects. Like a good shepherd, he protects his own. Look at verse 3 and 4. It says, he renews my life. He leads me along the right path for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now again, I've never been a shepherd, never had sheep, even though I feel like it with my kids sometimes. It's probably similar, no doubt. But I do some research. So where do I go? I went to 
sheep101.com, right? Got to be legit. But this is what it says. It says, sheep are best known for their strong flocking and following instincts. It says, one sheep moves, the rest follow, even if it doesn't seem like a good idea. It says, the flocking and following instinct of sheep are so strong that at one point there was an account that about 400 sheep in 2006 died because the sheep plunged to their death when one sheep tried to cross a 50-foot deep ravine and the rest followed. Now, this is interesting. Sad, sure. Interesting. Because if we really look at the sheep characteristics and we start seeing the shepherd and sheep imaging throughout the Bible, if we're honest... We've got more in common with sheep than we like to admit. The point is we need, as sheep, to go to the good shepherd because he's the one that leads. The question is, are we following? question for you is, who are you following? Jesus says in Matthew 6 that you can only have one master. Who is that? In our men's Bible studies past Thursday, we talked through that point. Have you ever had any other masters in your life? And some would say, like, my parent and my boss, and then got a little bit more practical, money, drugs. You can only have one master. Jesus says it's either God or whatever else it is. You can't have both. But here the psalmist says, He, as a good shepherd, leads me along the right paths for His name's sake. And that's so important. In other words, because of who God is, because of his reputation, you can with full faith follow him for his name's sake. He's worthy to be followed. I was thinking about a couple months ago, we went down, I guess it was yeah, a couple months ago, we went down to New Orleans. And while we're down New Orleans as a family, we did some touristy things. And so first time I've been there. Uh, and so I want to go on a swamp tour. And so what we didn't do is just drive around until we found Backwood Bob's barn and jump in his boat and say, take us out. We didn't do that. No, we did some research, went through some reputable companies and found the most dependable or reputable one and did that swamp tour. And it was great. They had a good reputation. I'm just not going to jump on somebody's boat and go out with a bunch of alligators. Not going to do that. That's what God's saying. Some saying, God's reputation, worth following. He's worthy. In John 6, Jesus has this encounter. At that point, he had many followers, a lot of people following him. And they started teaching some hard things, and they didn't like it so much. They said in John 6, this teaching is hard. Have you ever experienced that? Come to God's word like, this is hard. They said, who can accept it? And it says this in John 6. Verse 66, which I think is interesting, 666. It says, from that moment, many of his disciples turned back and no longer accompanied him. So Jesus then turns to the 12 and says, you don't want to go away too, do you? And of course, who speaks up first? Peter, right? Speaks first, foremost, most frequent. And man, if you, if you talk long enough, you're bound to get something right. And this is Peter. Like, he says a lot of things. It messes a lot of things up. It gives me a lot of encouragement because I say a lot of stupid things sometimes. But this time he nails it. He says, Lord, to whom will we go? 
You have the words of eternal life. In other words, there is no one, nowhere more faithful for us to follow than you. And again, this is exactly what the psalmist is pointing to. For his namesake, he is worthy of our following. And it says this, in, going back to verse 3 here in Psalm 23. It says, he renews my life. And that renewing is an interesting word. It means turn back, comes back, return. And going with this sheep imagery, I think it's so applicable. Isaiah 53 verse 6 says, we all went astray like what? A bunch of sheep. We all have turned to our own way. The old hymn says like this, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. And this is our tendency is to drift and to follow our own ways, our own desires. And, but God's very patient with us. In Matthew 18, Jesus says, if someone has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, won't he then leave the 99 on the hillside and go search for the stray? And the imagery is, of course he would. How much more would the good shepherd? I mean, think about this, because we've all fallen short. We all go astray. But how patient and kind and compassionate is our Lord to chase us down? We go back to this all the time, but you cannot out God's grace. And I understand that rubs some people the wrong way. The Bible says, that's how amazing God's grace is. That's why we sing about God's amazing grace. It's amazing. You cannot out God's grace. I don't care what you've done, where you've been, you cannot out God's grace if you turn and repent. I knew a guy that did a lot of time in prison and spent some significant time with some very bad people. And talking through this point, you cannot out God's grace. It was a huge stumbling block for him because he spent time with some of the most evil people you can imagine. Did some of the most evil things. And his point was, even them? Yeah. Even them? Even you? Even me? And this is the comfort of the staff that the psalmist talks about here. The staff bringing back strange sheep. And I think about this, I, I joke with my kids, because if the Lord would have it at one point, someday, I'm sure, I may get to the age where my kids might have to take care of me a little bit more. And so my point is, you better. Well, we got enough of y'all, oh, one of y'all about to take care of us. But I joke, is that you better, because I've saved your lives hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. You little toddling people, like there's a, a ditch of daggers. They would just wander into it and I'd pull them back, right? Like, so many times. So yeah, you're going to take care of your dad and your mom. But to the point, I feel like this is what the good shepherd God feels like with us. Just wandering away sometimes, like, come on back, come on back. And how patient it is, because I know being a mediocre dad, I'm not so patient all the time. But he's a good father, a good shepherd, who's very patient and continues to bring us back. The comfort of the staff, bringing us back from our strain. And people have a hard time with conviction. Conviction is good when you see your sin and hate it and it leads you to turn back to God. That's the work of the Holy Spirit by His leading you back to Himself. That's a good thing. If you don't have that, I would doubt that you have the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit will not leave you okay in your sinning. Will not. But this is God bringing us back. Bringing us back. Because he's a good shepherd. In verse 4 we see that even when I go through the darkest valley, I will fear no danger for you are with me. And notice that even when. Not if. When. It's been said you're always either in a valley, coming out of the valley, or getting ready to go through a valley. Even when you find yourself in the darkest, most difficult, maybe depressed, and even dangerous place, do not fear. Why? Because you're awesome? That's not what it says. Because you got this? The point is you don't. We don't got this. Whatever this is in your life, you don't got it. But this is the good news. We have to get to that point to where we see we actually need God. And when you get to the neediness, then you start humbly pursuing Him. This could take that a step further. If your prayer life is lacking, I submit that maybe you don't realize how much you need God. And I say you, I'm talking to me too. Just the other day, I got frustrated. In that moment, I wasn't thinking about God at all. I was thinking about my frustration. It's amazing how the presence of God can leave my mind so quickly when I don't get what I want. I know I'm by myself here. This is just venting time, so you guys bear with me. But we need them. It says, do not fear because the Lord, the good shepherd, is with you. This goes back to the parable that Jesus gives in Matthew chapter 7 about the firm foundation. Right? He says, therefore, if anyone hears these words of mine and acts on them, it's like a wise man. So he gives this parable, two men, wise and a fool. They both build a house, both on foundations, both a storm comes. The difference is the firm, the rock foundation, or the sand. And the foundation is God's word and does it. Trust in him. So when darkness is lingering in your life, I want you to just hear the warning. And I think you've experienced this. That's easy to begin listening to the lies. Like we can listen to all kinds of things that just are not true when we become desperate in the darkness. Then John 10, Jesus says, my sheep, they hear my voice. And they follow me. This is so important. Do you hear the voice of the Lord? And the way you do that is one, through his word and through his spirit. Both of those things we can discern, we can hear the voice of the Lord if we listen. This brings into clarity 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, which says we take every thought captive to obey Christ. We've got to stop listening to the lies and start listening to Christ. And listen, we can tell ourselves the worst things. Like we can tell ourselves things that we would never tell someone else. And we listen to the garbage. We take every thought captive to what? To obey Christ because his words are worth following. Because he's the good shepherd. And he talks about specifically fear. And we know this, but I think we need to hear it over and over again, that fear is a liar, and it leads us to be fearful, not faithful. There's nothing to fear, the psalmist says, because of the Lord, who is our shepherd. And it says he's ready with the rod. So you've got the staff and the rod who comfort. I know the rod's been saying, yeah, it also corrects, sure, but it most likely defends, it protects. 
So when the wolf comes, he's not like the hired hand and leaves and flees. He stands the ground and fights for his sheep. Moses, as he was leading the people out of Egypt, fleeing from the Egyptian army, they come between the Red Sea and a hard place. You remember this? You got the Red Sea, they look back, you got the advancing, humongous Egyptian army plunging after them. Their immediate response, what do we do, right? What are we going to do? Thanks a lot, Moses, for bringing us out here to die. And Moses says in Exodus 14, the Lord will fight for you. That's what the psalmist is saying. God is the one who fights our battles. I was listening to it twice this morning. Shane, Shane, that we are fighting the battles that he's already won. So many times we try and try and try and try instead of just stop and seek and lean into the Lord, the one who fights our battles, who is the good shepherd, who has the rod and the staff. I was thinking about this even with my kids. And so it's interesting. Darkness brings some kind of fear. It just naturally does. And so right now, maybe not right now because we have so many windows, if there is a room with no windows and lights on, and my kids are with me hanging out, if I turn the lights off, all of a sudden fear comes in, right? The room hasn't changed. Just the darkness is there. And so we got some dark hallways at night, and they can be like scared to go down that dark hallway. But what changes, what erases their fear Hallway doesn't change, still dark, but if dad goes with them, they're not scared anymore. If dad holds their hand, all of a sudden they have nothing to fear because dad will take care of it. Faith like a child. That's the faith that God desires and is pleasing to him. Faith like a child. Dad has it. And what we see here in the psalm, and I think the primary point that my desire for us to see this morning is one, God is a good shepherd. He purchases his sheep. He provides for his sheep, and he protects his sheep. And the psalmist here, listen to me, the psalmist here has a clear confidence and calmness in the Lord, which surpasses any circumstance that he goes through. I wonder, can you say the same thing? No matter what your circumstance that you're going through now or that may be coming this week, you have a confidence and a calmness in the Lord, who is your good shepherd. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. If you can't say the same thing, you have this confidence and calmness in the Lord. One, I would submit that maybe you just need to return to the Lord. Not that you don't know Him, not that you aren't His, but you've forgotten and you've strayed. And He's wooing you back and saying, trust in me, follow me, I'm worthy to be followed. Don't look at yourself, don't look at your circumstances, look to me. I am the provider and protector, you are mine, and that will never change. 1 Corinthians 7.23 says you were bought at a price. Really what it's saying is that you are priceless. When you think, see what God did to buy you as his, his possession. You see Jesus being tortured, then attached to a tree, and then placed in a tomb, which he wouldn't stay. 
raised on the third day, conquering sin and death, so that whoever believes in Him, somehow, some way, that His blood counted on the cross for you, will be saved, will be made new. Sins are forgiven. These are permanent and unchanging. I wonder, can you say that? 1 Peter 2, 24 and 25 says, He himself, speaking of Jesus, bore our sins in his body on a tree so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray, but you have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Can you say that? Man, if somebody can say that, some, we need a primer and a refresher because we forget you want to have your faith reignited and your passions fueled for things that please the Lord and your affection stirred for Him? Remember this, that He took our place, even that while we were still sinners, Christ died for you and for me and for us. This is a game changer. That's how we can be bold, bold, bold and fearless because of who He is and what He's done, and that is unchanging and always true. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And it says this, no one will snatch them out of my hand. This is a confidence which breeds a calmness that we have in Christ. This is unchanging. No one will ever snatch his own out of his hand. So if you're dealing with fear, I need us to remember this. And fear is going to slip in. Remember this. Remember who you are and whose you are. And with this in mind, this is what stirred the Apostle Paul when he wrote Romans 8 by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the confidence and calmness that we have in Christ. I wonder, do you have that story? And if not, I'm pleading with you, turn from following yourself and trust in the good shepherd who is drawing you and pleading with you to come to him and trust him and lay down your life to his because he laid down his life for you so that you can live with him forever. This is the good news of the gospel. And available to anyone. So stop trying to clean yourself up and come with your filthiness, your dirtiness, your sin, your shame, and lay it out for the cross because Jesus paid for it all. This is the good news of the gospel. Yes, we all are like sheep, but we're his sheep, a prized possession of the Lord God. So we're going to do some responding like we do every single Sunday. I mean, I'm going to invite you to respond right where you are. And so Austin's going to come up. I'm so thankful for Austin leading us so well this morning. But we're going to sing praises, and that very well may be your response. But maybe for some, you just need to sit there and pray. And just between you and the good shepherd, just deal with things that he's laying on your heart right now. Man, maybe you've gone astray. Maybe you've been following your own ways. And by God's grace and patience and kindness and love, he's shown you to come back. Do that. Do that. Maybe for the first time, You've heard a lot about Jesus, you've been in church a lot of times, but finally you see 
that this is a personal relationship that God has extended to you to have with Him, and He's good. And He desires for you to experience Him, not all these other things that fade and fall away, but Him who is faithful forever. If that's you, I just encourage you to pray right in your seat. Just confessing, I've seen my sin, I've seen it falling short, but I don't know exactly how, but somehow, some way, I know that you died for my sins and that through you, I have eternal life and I want that now. And to every one of those prayers, it's a yes and amen. We'll have a prayer team to the side. We'd love to pray with you, pray for you, walk alongside you in this faith journey wherever you are. You've been following Jesus for 50 years or for five minutes. We'd love to pray with you and walk alongside you because you're not alone. I'm going to pray for us and then invite us to respond to what God's doing in this place, in this moment. I invite you to pray with me. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you. As our good shepherd, the patience and care and kindness that you have for your sheep. We thank you for what you have done in our lives. We thank you for what you have done in Jesus and calling us to yourself through his sacrifice. Lord, help us never to get over the good news of the gospel, the good news of your amazing love and kindness that's everlasting and forever faithful, and that you're with us. The Almighty, all-present, is always with us and will never leave us or forsake us no matter what we're going through or going into, that you are there and that you're leading. And help us to follow you better. By the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to follow you in not our own ways. And when we go astray, bring us back. Even right now, if there's things in our life that we've been blind to, reveal those things to us that have hampered our growth with you, that have led us astray from following you, and bring us back to yourself with your loving, kind correction. Because you're a good father and a good shepherd who cares for his children, his sheep, because we're your possession. So bring a refreshing, bring an encouragement by the work of your Holy Spirit in this moment, in this place. We thank you, Father. We thank you for what you're doing and what you continue to do because you remain forever faithful. And we pray all this in the name that's above every other name. That is the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Way Church Podcast. If you would like prayer or if you'd like to talk to someone about a personal relationship with Jesus, please contact us through our website at thewaychurchrva.com.